Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Munson Savings Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today. But before we get to it, uh, let's hear a message from this week's sponsor, Munson Savings Bank. Munson Savings Bank is your bank for business. Businesses of all sizes trust in Munson Savings for their lending and banking needs because they listen to their customers, provide great service, plus all business lending decisions are made local and fast. Whether you need a business loan, deposit products, or help with cash management services, Munson Savings Bank has the business lending capability and know-how to help your business thrive. Visit us online at munsonsavings.bank or contact our commercial team today. Munson Savings Bank, your bank for business. Member FDIC, member DIF. Okay, and welcome back. Again, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Our guest today is Mary Flayhive Dixon. She's the Chief Development Officer and Chief Medical Officer of Golden Years Home Care Services. How are you, Mary? I'm well, George. Thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks now, and I'm glad we got you on the show. Uh, there's been a lot of news in the headlines uh, lately, uh, COVID and new variants and all kinds of things. But the predominant story in this region has been the workforce crisis that has hit a number of different sectors, uh, uh, everything from hospitality to healthcare to uh, you name it, construction, manufacturing, uh, almost every sector in this economy uh, is suffering. And what I wanted to do with the show today and, and, and talk with you is to kind of put a face on this crisis, uh, to kind of bring it home to people so they can see exactly how real this is and how it's impacting the businesses in this area, especially those in healthcare. So before we get to that, tell us a little bit about you and Golden Years Home Care Services. Sure. So Golden Years Home Care is a non-medical home care agency located in East Longmeadow at the Rotary. Uh, We've been in operation since 2017, um, taking care of uh, many elders in the area through Commonwealth Care Alliance, the Veterans Administration, and our private pay um, patients as well. We do um, care that is um, that is provided by home health aides, uh, companions, homemakers, um, where those that are not able to do their own activities of daily life or may need some help doing their activity, activities of daily life get um, care from, from Golden Years Home Care uh, or other agencies such as that. Um, I'm also a part owner and uh, director of Golden Years Staffing Agency. And what Golden Years Staffing Agency is, is a, um, uh, an agency that would provide nurses, uh, LPNs, RNs, and nurses aides to other facilities, such as hospitals, nursing homes, assisted living, schools, camps, uh, clinics, things along those lines. Um, And that was a uh, decision 
that myself and my partners, Cesar Ruiz and um, Vinny Santanello, Lisa Santanello, had determined well over a year ago when we saw the need for, for medical staffing, healthcare staffing in this area. Um, it was before COVID. However, COVID really kind of put the exclamation point on the end of, you know, that sentence regarding the need for healthcare staffing. Um, so that's actually, you know, kind of been my project lately has been trying to get this staffing agency um, off the ground in the middle of an incredible challenge with, mm-hmm. uh, with COVID-19. Well, your timing is, is intriguing. It's, it's, it's COVID is, is a part of it, but you're also dealing with the retirement of a, a large number of baby boomers. Uh, just a situation where there's a lot of factors coming together to just put fewer people in the pipeline. Uh, people have talked about it. They've read headlines about it, but uh, you can now see it right out your window oh, yeah. <laughs> on the phone. Uh, tell us what you're, what you're witnessing. So, you know, the average um, headline every day uh, reads something along the lines of COVID has had massive disruptions to our economy and to our labor market, right? So this is something that's not new. Um, But what we have seen is that in staffing, especially healthcare staffing, um, it's been a revolving and a challenging issue for years. And COVID has just made it worse. Um, then nobody, nobody, unless you haven't listened to the news in years or read a newspaper or had a discussion with somebody in, in healthcare has not heard that there's been a massive nurse shortage for years. Um, and again, COVID has just, you know, kind of taken that and ran with it. Um, nurses retire, they retire at full retirement age. And now they're retiring early and they're retiring early because uh, they're leaving a job due to increased risk. They're leaving a job due to increased work shifts. Uh, They're leaving jobs because they're burned out. Healthcare workers are tired. They're tired. They're they're tired of the pandemic. They're tired of the strain. Um, And and so what we're finding is that with this staffing shortage, which in a good year, would be a challenge has become um, just truly a a massive challenge uh, with COVID. Recent surveys that that I've taken a look at um, over the last week or so have shown that three in 10 healthcare workers um, consider leaving their profession. And that six in 10 have said that the pandemic has completely burned them out. So, um, you know, put do you that- have any uh, do you have any read at this moment where those workers are going? Are they leaving the workforce entirely? Are they uh, becoming business magazine editors? Are they becoming <laughs> where are they where are they going? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be great? Um, you know, it, the the fact of the matter is, there's no uh, at least from what I have seen. There's not one particular direction in which they're going. People are leaving and not going anywhere. They're, they're taking a hiatus. Um, and, uh, you know, based on what the uh, economy has, um, the, the governmental monies have allowed them to do, they're able to stay home. 
for periods of time. They're also then going into um, kind of less um, stressful situations, um, situations that we all wouldn't mind to be in every once in a while. I constantly dream about going back to my college years and bartending. <laughs> Are there many less stressful situations uh, in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, I don't know of too many right now. but uh, Well, you know, that's I, another I think matter. I'd, I think I'd rather be standing behind a bar pouring somebody a drink than putting somebody on a respirator. So <laughs> that's just my own personal opinion. But, um, I, you know, I'm not really sure, George, if they are going uh, in droves to in one particular direction or another. I think they're just at this point completely burned. They just they just they're just tired. They, they're just tired. Um, you know, wages. Traditionally, wages for nurses have not been where they need to be. Um, COVID has affected that as well. So it makes it extremely difficult on the, uh, from the organizational standpoint. Uh, there are areas of this country uh, where wages, um, hard hit areas of this country where wages are, uh, have escalated to the point of where their healthcare workers are being promised up to $150 an hour. I mean, you know, and people are people are are going there. They're going to those hard hit areas in order to, um, you know, take advantage of that as as you know what as they should. Um, but in terms of you know where our staffing crisis is now in healthcare, in home care, in facility care, in nursing home care, in hospital care, um, it's it's. It's it's dire. It really is dire. And quite frankly, I don't know that I see an end in sight. It, it will end, but this is not a short-term challenge. Okay. Let's take a, a quick break. Uh, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local, sponsored this week by Munson Savings Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. We're talking to Mary Flayhive Dixon. From Golden Years Home Care, or we're talking about the healthcare crisis uh, or the uh, workforce crisis here in Western Massachusetts. Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, first of all, uh, let's talk about early September. This is a date that many people in business have circled on their calendars, thinking that uh, the world is going to get a whole lot better overnight once the unemployment benefits expire and, and people realize that they're, they're going to have to go back to work. Uh, Opinions kind of are all over the lot on this. Some people think it really will make a huge difference. Uh, other people are not as optimistic. Uh, where do you come down? Um, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to think that will be the um, that will be the 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 change in healthcare staffing. Um, I don't think it will. I think that um, at least for a period of time, what it looks like to work in healthcare, that picture has changed. Um, with healthcare, because of the absolute need to continue on, um, there were a lot of um, nuances that were put into play, such as telehealth um, and uh you know, the kind of the non-face-to-face, um, non-interactive healthcare that we now see, the, 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 the check-in kiosks, the appointment, the booking for appointments, 
not being able to uh, ask information or get any help from actual people. I think that's going to stick around for a while. Um, demand for nurses is always going to be there. And I think that the demand for nurses has made, uh, it, it probably takes up the biggest chunk, chunk, the largest chunk in healthcare, in the healthcare workforce that is, um, uh, you know, that, that is seen as a demand now and will continue to be see as a de- seen as a demand in the future. Um, so what does that mean? You know, I don't think that's going to change come September. I, it hasn't, it's been, it's been a constant. Uh, it'll continue to be a constant. It's just a matter of, will it get, you know, will it get slightly better? Will it get moderately better? Um, I, I, George, I got to tell you, I don't think it will. And I don't think it will because I don't, I think that when you see the healthcare shortages, it's because people are, for the most part, people are leaving because they're burned out. People are leaving because they're retiring. People are leaving because the risk is high. They're not leaving in order to sit home and collect unemployment benefits for the most part. I think that's just kind of been a bonus to it. Mm-hmm. Often the laws of supply and demand take care of issues like this. We've seen this in the past. You know, you go back uh, a dozen, 15 years or so, there was a nursing shortage at that time as well. And like I said, the laws of supply and demand didn't completely take care of that problem. But there are a lot of people who who went to nursing school and who kind of filled that void. Uh, A few years ago, hospitals were not in that crunch for nurses. And it wasn't the same as it was at the start uh, of this century, if you will, or I'll go back 10 or 12 years. But um, now... The colleges. I don't know how many people are in the pipeline, and and whether we can count on the supply and demand issue to take care of this. So, um, so one thing about the supply and demand, right? The other half of the that equation is the demand. You've got the baby baby boomers that are really um, starting to flood the uh, healthcare tapestry, if you will, um, where maybe 10, 15 years ago you didn't have the population of people kind of reaching that age where they, they need their needs of uh, their healthcare needs uh, increase um, due to either their age or, you know, their ongoing healthcare issues. Um, so the demand side of the, that supply and demand um, example, I think over the last decade or more uh, has, has risen the supply side you know, I one of one of my one of my other personas is that I am an adjunct professor and I teach in within healthcare um, programs um, for um, colleges and universities in in our area. Our supply, um, the supply aspect of that in Western Massachusetts, really has not grown. Our nursing programs while they have expanded the numbers of how many uh, of how large their classes can be are still working on a bit of an antiquated model you know you're you're starting a nursing program yearly as opposed to starting nursing programs at various times of the year there are models out there where three or four times a year a, ner- a new nursing program will uh, begin so that you've got kind of this ongoing running 
um, start date and 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 uh, at various at a within a nursing program, and you've got uh, various people who are allowed to start, you know, in a, at, it, in March, in October, in January, versus every September a new program starts, and therefore, if you didn't happen to make it into that September program, you have to wait to the following September program, and you may or may not you know, be chosen to become part of that program. So I, I think that even on the supply side, you know, we have issues going on and factor into that, that once again, the wages for nurses have been, um, have been an issue over the years. The, mm-hmm. the work that nurses do, whether you're in a facility or whether you're in home care, they're, they're, they're woefully underpaid. Mm-hmm. What is the long-term prognosis here, short and long-term prognosis? This is not the type of work that can be automated. Uh, bedside no. care is not right. something that we can get a robot to do, and it's not something we can get a computer to do. Uh, right, right. And there's there's been all kinds of models throughout the years where they have tried to, um, uh, they meaning, you know, the the, the smarter people, uh, behind all of this, it's not me. It's not anyone I really know, but the smarter people behind all either. of this have tried to um, develop um, other um, other uh, skills, other other uh, workforce um, denominations where they would try to take the place of nurses. You've had. You've had um, healthcare technicians, you've had um, health workers, you've had community health workers, you've had various other roles that have been developed over the years to take some of the burden off of the, the, um, the nurse or the nursing programs in our, in the, not only our area, but actually throughout the country, um, the one of the problems with that is that when the when you interject into that who the payers are for all of this uh, healthcare that is going on, stemming from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services on down, they will only pay for certain roles. And so, while the powers that be who are constructing these new roles in healthcare, like I said, like the healthcare technicians in the hospitals and the community health workers in the, in the community and home care and, and, and in the clinics, they're not necessarily being paid. Those roles aren't being paid by uh, insurances. So while it seem, seemingly, you know, on paper is a great idea to have all these adjacent roles um, in healthcare, you know, until the insurances catch up, you, you kind of, you have an issue. You have a, a real issue again of that, supply and demand, except this time the demand is, you know, for wages and for insurance coverage. So how hard do you have to work to fill the requests that you're getting for nurses and other healthcare positions? Pretty hard, pretty hard. I've got to tell you right now, um, having started this uh, staffing agency over the last a couple of months, we we received our DPH accreditation about three or four months ago. And um, while the the demand is there, and I'm hearing from facilities that they need help and they need help now, um, which to somebody who owns a a staffing agency, that's, that's, 
That's not, that's, that's the battle cry, right? That's what you want to hear. You want to hear the phones ringing saying, you know, can you help us? Is, or can you, you know, do you have staff? The flip side of that is uh, the staffing shortage that is affecting them in the organizations, affecting them in the facilities and in the home and in the hospitals and everywhere else is also affecting the staffing agencies. Um, and to some extent, this may be a little bit of, of the economy um, you know, the, the, the governmental um, monies that are happening affecting what we're able to do. People, it's, it's very hard to convince people in healthcare to add to their burden uh, by taking on a per diem position and working, you know, working an extra job, even when, the, even when the wages are as high as they are, and they are, they are high. Um, but it, it, it's a little bit more of a tougher sell to say, um, you know, I know you, I know you work at such and such a facility, you know, 40 hours, 32 hours a week, but Hey, come join our team and work per diem for us and, and take on a couple of extra shifts and we're going to pay you really well. And, you know, we're, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we formed a great, great company. We have all kinds of benefits. We have all kinds of, of, of things behind us. The, the challenge is the challenge that everybody else is facing. And that is, you know, does the, does the, do the, uh, do the, the staff members that you could be hiring during a normal period of time, do they in actuality want to come and work a per diem position in addition to what they're already doing? Or if they're not, if they want to change jobs, do they want to change jobs and continue on with the risk of being in healthcare? Mm-hmm. So it is challenging, George. It's very challenging. It's 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 a wonderful um, now is a wonderful time to be uh, a healthcare worker. You are you are in terms of your you know your um, being able to um, kind of almost choose your salary. Um, but at the same time, it's a challenging time because everybody in the world wants you. Drive down a street and see the signs that are out at every single skilled nursing home, you know, skilled nursing facility, every single assisted living facility. Look at what the hiring bonuses are that are going on at the hospitals and at the clinics and, and, and what have you. Everybody wants you. So to be a healthcare worker right now, if you're looking only at your wallet, it's not a bad place to be. Um, but it is a challenging time in terms of, you know, the risk that you're taking on and, and the burnout that you're facing. Okay. Well, continue. Good luck to you. Uh, I mean that sincerely. Uh, it's a great time to be opening a new business in this field, but uh, obviously the challenges are there as well. So let's hope the situation improves. So thank anyway, thank you for joining us today. Uh, again, we'll talk to you soon. We'll update this story in a few months and see if things get any better. That sounds good. Thanks so much, George. Thanks for having me on. Thank you again for being with us. And thank you to all of you for joining us for another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local, sponsored this week by Munson Savings Bank. I'm George O'Brien, editor of Business West magazine. We'll see you next time.